to sportstars.ie. I'm Darren Kelly, and it's time for the Fair Green, our weekly feature with a past or present player, looking at their career so far, their hopes for the future, and did they get to make or break lifelong friendships when they named their Fantastic Four? Well, my special guest this week is a seven-time All-Ireland winner and a great ambassador in the game. She's captained her county to All-Ireland success and has also achieved that with the friends she's grown up with at club level. Of course, I'm talking about Ashley Thompson from Cork. And first, Ashley, welcome to the Fair Green. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure is absolutely mine, Ashley. And before just taking that intro into account, do you ever get a moment to kind of stop and say, seven-time All-Ireland winner, that's not too bad? Yeah, I think it's more so when people ask you and then you say it and you're like, Jesus, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot. And then I kind of never fail to mention, though, how important the club All-Irelands are. Because people always think when I say seven, they think Cork. You know, automatically, but I'm like, no, there's three clubs that are like, you know, wow, that's impressive. Like, but yeah, no, it, it is. It's hard. It's hard to kind of. It's only later on in life where you fully appreciate it. So, um, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a great I achievement. No, I've no doubt you've intentions of adding to that seven before you wrap up. Anyway, and we'll I get would to hope all. so. Anyway, that's the plan. <laughs> we'll get to all that. We'll talk Milford as well. Would you believe it, Ashley? The most popular podcast we've had on the Fair Green since mm-hmm. we started was with Sarah Sexton last year. Yeah. Which was I about saw, the Milford story, which is a fascinating, great tale to, to go through because I've commentated on all three of those finals, but even I didn't realise exactly how small a unit and community that you were. Tiny. Yeah, absolutely tiny. It's just, and it's guess because it's the same, it's the same group of players that grew from primary school up because like a lot of people kind of say, and it, it's guess because even a couple of the younger players from Cork, I remember, I won't mention her now because I don't want to throw her under the bus, but she says, yeah, but you had players from everywhere. And I was like, no, like we came from little locations around you know, Milford, like some players, but it's been the same core group. A lot of the girls that maybe came from different villages, like surrounding that had no Komogi clubs. We all started in the same place. Do you know, there was only one or two that came later on um, because their clubs folded. So, you know, naturally that wasn't really, you know, that we were obviously delighted to have them, but it's been the same core group of players like the whole way up. And, you know, lucky that we had certain people within the club that scouted, you know, other girls that were looking for clubs and trying to find, you know, good places to go that um, we were lucky enough to have them. So, yeah, it's, 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 I think that's what probably makes it so special is the fact that we are such a tiny place and, Probably most of the country has never heard of, but um, yeah, it's 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 great. It makes it it makes it a lot more special. But even taking that uh, as well, because the club is celebrating twenty five years this year, if I'm correct. Yeah, it is uh, actually. Yeah, and, and you were there from the very start uh, because your yeah. mother was involved. Um, I think it was Anne Watson as well in forming the club at the start yeah. too. And as we mentioned, we went through the story with uh, Sarah's podcast. But you remember. You were from Newtown Chantrum and your mother teaches in Milford, isn't that right? And, and you remember how it all kicked off back when you were young? Yeah, I because uh, yeah, a lot of people kind of get confused. Like I'm from Newtown, but I'm playing with Milford, even though Newtown play come on as well. But yeah, mum was teaching in Milford National School like when, when I started school. Um, and obviously it was 97 when they formed the club. So um naturally like if if mam and and Watson were involved in the setup I was going to go to Milford and started there and you know it was never a case of uh we were just going to kind of see how it went and they obviously could see there was a lot of talent amongst the the girls in primary school and and we were very successful at a very young age so um lucky that it all worked out for us in the finish but yeah from from a very young age the same as any other girl growing up that's involved in camogie or football or whatever sport it's kind of all you did really like so it was only fun memories of course yeah it was like the hunger you've mentioned in another interview before too but as you're saying there with the club being formed did it just grab everyone give them a central point in regards camogie like was there other sports as well knocking around the background or was like camogie kind of the outlet to get you playing sport and you just took off and happened to be pretty good at it we kind of did everything. I think we dabbled in everything. Like I did gymnastics, athletics, basketball, football, running, like, or I said athletics, uh, camogie. We did the whole lot. Like I, I, as especially in school, we did football and camogie. I think that was probably our main two. But most of the girls that went to Milford National School uh, ran with North Park AC as well. So athletics was actually a massive part 
um, of, of, our, of our development, like as children. And I'd say it was probably one of the biggest backbones to our success. Um, I think just having having athleticism in general in sport, especially nowadays, like it's it's a huge factor, like plays a huge factor, like in success. Um, and I think that was a massive part of it, like going into going into Charleville into North Park AC. I think that probably fueled uh, fueled a lot of our a lot of our success. But um, yeah, I think they just obviously saw that there was a lot of talent amongst the girls in school, and um, I think it was only a very wise decision for them to start the Camogie. Like, yeah. But yeah, sure, you never know. You never know at that age where you're going to go. Like, we were just very fortunate to be brought up around a great a great community and really good coaches and parents and trainers. It was a move of the millennium, dare I say. And I know I'm talking 1997 oh before the team. When you, yeah. you think what's happened since because, like, uh, as you mentioned too, you were in the first team, if I'm right, and there was a few older players that came in afterwards as you got to adults. Yeah. And there was Malsney, there was Community Games, there, there was, was Indoor Hurling. There was so much going on and you were enjoying it. Exactly. Actually, you said it there now. I wouldn't have the best memory. I will admit that. My memory isn't the greatest, but... Yeah, there was just so much going on. You were, we were out seven days a week playing sports, like whether it was Camogie, as you said, in the hurling athletics, no matter what it was, we were constantly at something, you know. So we were just, we just developed really well as kids and kids in sport. Um, and again, that's kind of down to the environment that we were brought up in and our parents and coaches, like it was just something that we thoroughly loved to do and kind of was embedded in us from day one, thank God. And from day one, was Camogie number one for you? Or as you mentioned, there was other sports there as well. You dabbled in and maybe yet find the answer down the line. Yeah, like Mam said that like when I first started out in Camogie, like I wasn't the best and I wasn't the most skillful or anything like that. You know, it just kind of came to me after a few years. It wasn't an initial talent where they were they were like, okay, that's that's what she's going to do. Like, and I think I just, I loved being involved in sport. I loved running around. And I think it was just the whole aspect of having your friends. And again, there's always going to be a buzz off getting some sort of a win. And then you have empathy and emotion when it comes to losses. I think it was just the whole emotion around sport in general is what really attracted me as a child. But like nothing really stuck until, you know, I became a teenager and got older and, Eventually, it was kind of, yeah, Camogie was always, always going to be the number one. And I think it's because, like, even Newtown and stuff, it's a very hurling Camogie place. You know, there isn't a lot of Gaelic football. Liscarle was probably the closest club, but I, I actually played at Moran Abbey for a good few years when I was younger. So, yeah, that and that's 35 minutes from me. Like, so football w- would have been... Yeah, the would be we still having this conversation, but a completely different story if you come to Moran Abbey. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, like, the list kind of went on, but yeah, eventually you just kind of find what you, what you really love and what you really enjoy. And as I said, I I'm growing up around these players, like, as in, I think everyone on that panel at some point was playing at inter county. So, you're you've just serious talent, like, you're just surrounded by talent. So, I could see why I was attracted to that sport in particular. Like, we were just fortunately we were just good at everything like but Camogie in particular you know and what, what a journey you went on we'll stay with Milford for the moment um, just yeah. while we're talking about your mum Sheila of course um, she was a footballer if, if I'm right and did very well won a couple of All-Irelands with Newtown Shantum and your dad played hurling too like two big influences was the club your first playing of Camogie or were you playing beforehand at home in the back garden or even with Newtown before the Milford club started no, I think Milford National School was the first. That was the first place. I because yeah, it wasn't really like you know, let's say like it wasn't like Ben and Jerry who were probably out at the back at two and three years of age at Hurley. You know, <laughs> like you'd see children blow in matches and they have a Hurley in their hand. I don't think I was one of them. Like, no, it wasn't like something not that I was forced, but like parents didn't push it from the beginning. They just kind of let us off, you know, to and again like you're going to school at five years of age so it probably started from then I think when I was outside I was probably climbing trees and stuff like I don't think I had Harley in my hand as I said everything just kind of came naturally naturally to us like you know and, and you built on from there as well and then yeah no obviously to- they were a great influence and you know my mother would never she'd never be shy of 
forcing me like <laughs> to be the best like you know sometimes it was a bit OTD <laughs> yeah we call it encouragement but I mean she definitely pushed me like because she always wanted me to be the best the same as any other parent like and you know my dad he, you see he worked out foreign for most of the year like so he wasn't around very often but to this day like he'd he'd still be like he's mad for it like you know and the two of them are still still as influential as they were like back in the day like so no doubt he was delighted did you win for the small ball yourself as well like, exactly you know, yeah success. win for something anyway yeah we're going to talk about Cork in a bit we're going to stay with the Milford story at the moment and okay. um, I know Ashley, as you've spoken so well and, and vocally in many occasions you went through a couple of difficult years around mm-hmm. after the car crash in 09 Frank Flannery is a name that comes up in nearly every interview I read with you. And he was such an important influence for you, especially in the Milford story, as you continued on to start to have this wonderful success at that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. He was massive, like, turning point for me. But, you know, I, I suppose, well, especially when we were younger, like, there's no such thing as mental health or any of that stuff. So, like, you're kind of, when it was first introduced, it's completely, it was, it's still kind of taboo, like, but I think maybe the only thing, not that was missing, I can't even remember that far back, but the one thing that stood out to me about Frankie was the player person, kind of player athlete uh, relationship, but behind the sport, you know, like it was the connection between the coach and the athlete, sorry, like without the sport. So like, whether like there was something going on in training or something going on at home, like he was always kind of somebody that you could reach out to. And I suppose that was like something very new. Like, do you know what I mean? Now, again, growing up, like I had a, you know, I never wanted for anything as a child, but we all have difficulties and things like that at home, but it's something you would have never spoke of or you never knew how to reach out like as a child or even as a teenager. It was just something that wasn't, didn't really exist in Ireland. Like, um, so I think that was that was definitely a new a new kind of it was something that really opened my eyes about Frankie was that he got really personal but in such a good way like I think coaches need to have empathy for players and they need to understand they need to have a level of understanding where players are coming from and you know what goes on kind of behind closed doors like nobody ever knows but he never failed to say to me, like, a training, if you have anything going on, like, you can always ring me or text me or, you know, tell me, like, if you have any issues or you're not feeling great or you don't feel okay, like, don't be afraid to pick up the phone. And, you know, I think that player-manager connection, like, was something I never I never came across. So um, it obviously was a, a clear, clear lifeline for me, like, you know. And especially for where you were coming from as well, because you were, I suppose, don't use turn in a corner, but you'd gone through so much that yeah. he was able to get back and Frank was able to help you get back and, and I suppose, appreciate, and correct me if I'm using wrong terms here now, appreciate how much camogie, how important it was in your life and you were yeah. able to go back and focus on that. Yeah, I think that he could really recognise, you know, like how important it was in my life. And I think that's for any any athlete, you know, any anyone in general that goes through hard times. And, you know, my outlet was sport like. And I think that he could really he could really like see that that was that that's what, what I needed, you know, to keep on the straight and narrow. And it's like anyone else, you know, something happens in your life that's traumatic and you want to turn to the other side. And it only takes one person, a family member, a coach or a friend, anyone to kind of keep you on the right path and that's what that's what he did for me and we thank Frankie for that as well and also what he did with Milford yeah. too because on the field of play you've been used to winning and then you were finding it hard to get over the line in Camogie yeah. and then all of a sudden 2012 like that Cork Championship on the field mm. of play things start to happen and I suppose you had no idea where this was going no definitely not because I'll actually never forget as bad and all as my memory is when he first came in he said we had eight steps to win an All-Ireland and this was when he first came into the dressing room and we actually had won a senior county so I literally looked I'd say it was Orla Mahoney or someone usually beside me and I just laughed like I said this fella's off his head like <laughs> I, I don't know and you know you don't obviously you want to believe like that would be great but can we at least get to a county maybe first and we'll we'll take it from there but from day one like he had it in his brain he obviously knew he looked in probably a lot to, and he knew a lot of the girls anyway he knew there was a serious amount of talent there it was just about the right person at the right time so 
oh, it's it's crazy to think about how fast it happened in such a short period. Like, And that's the thing, because as a few years that I would have known the names of the time, I was getting to know your name as well. Mm. And I remember... I was at a hurling match myself and Imelda Hobbins, who would be a good friend with in Galway, said to me, Milford, or I can't remember what the score was at half time, but you were on top of out of the Ballock because people were gearing up for this climber out of the Ballock final. And all yeah. of a sudden, this Milford team who'd come through Cork and never won it before had come through Munster and now were pu- beating down the considered the top team in the country and you were making a statement. Yeah, it, that actually was another game that probably stood out to me the most, but. I mean, I remember Olert Bala, there was a certain amount of those players that went, you know, um, and competed against the likes of the Watsons and Aguirre, Elena Reardon in secondary school. And they used to always get the better of them. Like, I'm not sure of the name of the school off the top of my head, but the Lacey's and Ursula Jacob and them went to that um, secondary school. But they used to always get the better of St. Mary's in Charleville, as far as I can remember. Well, most of the time anyway. So that was like an ongoing com- competition. But I suppose like when Milford just came out of the blue, out of nowhere, and I'd say that was the last thing on Owlart's mind at the time. They were the top team in the country and they have talent to burn. Like, And I mean, just look at them now. They're still winning to this day, like, you know, so... It kind of happens a lot of teams where you're on top and then you hear of a team that came out of nowhere. Now, I'm sure they still they still knew the names that were there, but it's hard for people to take teams seriously that co- literally come out of nowhere. Like, do you know what and I mean? And you don't so, have the pedigree at the time as well. No, yeah, exactly. And I don't want to say that anyone took us for granted. It wasn't that, but I think that we were just so focused and... As the year went on and we won the first game, the next game, we won the county, we won the Munster semi. As it builds, like we just got stronger and stronger. And I think we were just unbeatable, like at that moment in time. I think nothing was going to stand in our way because we were so hungry for so long that when it was there laid out for us, I just don't think there was anything that, that was going to stop us. Like, um, And I remember we were up 10 points to no score at half time and Literally, the, the country was in shock. Anyone following it, anyway, was in shock because they couldn't believe it. Like, and I think, yeah, it was just you know, it, it just all came, it all came good that day. Now, in the second half, we were against a gale force wind, um, which we had to our advantage in the first half. And I remember they came, they came back, and I actually got two yellows in the same game, so I was sent off with, I'd say, a good ten minutes left to go. So, like. I was like, oh my God, if I actually ruin this, like I'll never forgive myself. And uh, they came fighting back, of course, the champions that they are. Um, but luckily we came out on top in the end. And I think that I think that win was probably one of the most important wins that we've had um, in that time, in that four years, like in that time space. Well, that was step seven and you opened up and you continued on. But what I always liked yeah. about watching you is that you were able to express yourselves as a unit. But when you had to roll the sleeves up and dig in, and which we had to many times. Yeah, like that Olark game was definitely one example. I remember we played Owen Rua as well in an All-Ireland semi-final up to North. That was probably one of the most challenging games we've ever had. Um, we had Burgess Duhara, who we beat an extra time by a point. We played them several times, but that was another game that really stood out to me. It was on in Burgess um, and we won in extra time by a point. But like, again, like we were brought, you know, really up to the neck like by a lot of teams over the years we didn't just sail through through championships but as you said it was never it, most of the time it was never pretty but like yeah we just dug deep and again when you have that foundation from a very young age I think it it all kind of matters in the end really like it all it all matters at some well. point in your career yeah and that's it like sport is completely built on confidence like and I think just the, the confidence that grew and the way Frankie, like, you know, instilled in our brains that we are good enough and uh, we're most certainly talented to be the best. Um, I think when you win and you go step by step and you just grow, you grow in that confidence and eventually it pays off and luckily it did for us. It was under lights in Crow Park, if I'm correct. Now, I don't think I'm mixing up the two years in 2013. It was a Saturday evening match. Um, even for yourself, Crow Park experiences weren't the norm just yet. 
no. what goes through your mind now when you look back on that day? Because it was your first All Ireland title. It was a Saturday mm. night, like you know, yeah. you were beating a team that were champions two years earlier. Mm. You'd beaten the reigning champions in the previous round. Like you have to try and pinch yourself at times. This is actually com- well, Frankie's eight steps are actually coming through. I know, yeah. Even when you say it there, I get goosebumps like thinking about it because, and it's guess because there was nobody there, like which is which is great. But I think that was probably that was actually what made it even more special because first when you get there, you know, people haven't arrived and things like that, but the stadium is empty. And that was my first time ever playing in Croke Park as well. I never played there with Cork initially. It was Milford was my first experience playing in Croke Park. And I remember just walking out onto the pitch and there was nobody there and just like thinking like, oh my God, I can't believe that we've made it. Like, you know, I can't believe that alone was just for, for a club is the cheapest itself, send out like. experience uh, alone. It was just it was phenomenal. Like every thought and emotion ran through my mind walking out onto the pitch, just looking around thinking, wow, like this is just stuff of dreams. Like, but I mean, I think when I had that five or ten minutes to take it all in after that, I was like, right, next job is we're not going home without winning. Like. Simple as, and everyone had the same mentality, like, we're not going away. Do you know, we'll fucking stay here till next year if we have to get a win, like. And you, you know. did, you'd have nothing to chance in that game as well. Like, you know, no. there was no doubt earlier on in that game who was going to win this. Kalimer kept you honest at times, but it all Absolutely. came together. All Ireland champions, your initial thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you explain it, like, um, yeah, it's, you can't really put it into words. It's just, and it's gas because, you know, a lot of the times with Cork and things like that, like you do, you know, you do remember the final whistle, but again, my memory wouldn't be the greatest, but definitely the the, the club wins just had so much more, emo- not even emotion, but like meaning maybe. I'm not too sure. That's just a club thing really, like, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And again, That's it's like, it's like winning with your family, you exactly. Mm. Yeah, and just how how far we had come in the year, like to go from winning nothing, not even a county championship, to winning an All Ireland in the space of the year, one season was just. It was. It was just. Yeah, I'm still lost for words to this day. Like, you know, I can see the I smile just, coming up there. Just thinking though, this is the first one. Yeah, it just it makes everything just it kind of puts all all hardships and all the hard work and blood, sweat and tears to the back of your mind and just saying, you know, this is what it's all about. Like, this is why we're here. Like, and that's exactly it. And, and, and rightfully too, to celebrate and enjoy. And I've heard plenty of stories that the homecoming was great fun too, because like, what, <laughs> at that stage, what we were talking 16 years old, not even the club, you know, yeah, what, like, I, and, and you're going home to celebrate, like, you, no doubt the celebrations after the court championship were great for yeah. the All-Ireland. Do you know what it meant to people? It meant just as much to them as, as it did to us. And I think like that's probably, again, was just a victory in itself, like to see how much happiness you could actually put in into people's eyes. Like, and it was just, yeah, it's, it's very hard to explain. It, it really is. And even last year, let's say, when the Camogie Association were thinking of not going ahead of the club All-Ireland, I was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Like, it. You know, and and it's hard for people to understand, especially when you haven't been there. But oh my God, like you, you just can't, you can't pass these opportunities up because it's once in a lifetime opportunity. Like, and it could be life changing for some athletes. You know, and I agree with you completely. Like we were strong advocates here to make sure it happened. And like, mm. um, I was at two of the three 2020 finals, and like you couldn't buy what you saw for out of the ballot before no. Christmas or even St. Brynus afterwards and you can say the same for Harney no. too like yeah. it, it, like as I've always said if it had been called off at the start of the pandemic or you'd say one thing like the fo- ladies yeah. football had done but to, for it to drag and then take it away from them like and exactly. you know yourself like you know there's no guarantees like we're talking here 2013 there's no guarantees mm. what's no. coming you know, I mean, no, this is a moment exactly. and if they had been taken away from you like, you know, it could have unraveled the whole journey that you were going on. Absolutely. And like, whether you're playing senior, intermediate or junior, like your club is your club. And, you know, to get that far and and to actually get to even walk onto the pitch in Croke Park is like, it's genuinely a once in a lifetime opportunity. And if I could swap anything in the world, if I could swap a million euro for it, like I wouldn't like, do you know what I mean? Because there's nothing, money can't buy that, like money can't buy that happiness. Like, so 
money can't buy a memory like that. So like, I'm I'm just delighted that you know it went ahead this year, like for for all teams because. Yeah. To feel that like is is something I'd love to put in a jar and sell. To be honest, I think the whole country would be in a good place. <laughs> well, you certainly made sure you got a couple more installments over it, anyway, Ashley. Because yeah. you get back, I often say when a team comes out of the blue, like and Egan coming out of the blue, I think it's unfair in Milford because you were coming up the ladder, we just hadn't seen, yeah. you hadn't made a breakthrough yet. But to retain mm. is even harder, and like that nail biting finish against Ardran in twenty fourteen to do oh, it back yeah. to back as well. Like no doubt, those thirty seconds when Rebecca Henley's taking that free is stand up. Stands mm. out in your mind as much as the final whistle. Absolutely, and um, and that's I think you know that was it with the second year too. It's like you always want to say that great teams will always win a back to back. Now I think any great team that wins an honor then is a great team. Like you know, I don't like to compare, but I think that's it too. Like anyone that said it, it might have been a flash in the pen because I think there was a couple of comments or maybe people had had put in the media more so locally like around Cork that maybe it was a flash in the pan and kind of came out of nowhere and we were lucky so I think we answered that the second year but yeah I'll, I'll, that's another another game like where you know because the ball was going wide I'll never forget and Elena Reardon flicked it and I just thought to myself if I have to tag out and do this all over again and she's one of the best defenders to ever 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 come out of sport like Elena Reardon, yeah. and I I I don't care if anyone doesn't agree with that. I'll fight you on it because oh no, I you agree know, with you. Unbelievable, like it, but it could have been anyone. I don't want to bring this up as a terrible memory for her, but like she flicked it, and everyone was saying wide, wide, wide. I don't know what was going on in her head, but. Yeah, they got a 45 out of it. And I just, I will strangle this girl. Like if this ball goes over the bar, she's dead. But, and you know, you, you'd obviously, with Rebecca Henley, then you'd have to feel, you know, it's two sides of the kind. And like, you'd have to feel so sorry for her in that moment. But I think a lot of the times, like moments like that make players too, like, and she's a phenomenal athlete. So it's just obviously hard to think of it that way at the time. But yeah, the ball luckily went an inch wide, I'd say. And I just remember the lane running out and she jumped up on the referee's back. Because <laughs> we were in injury time and she we she was like <laughs> pleading with him, I'd say, to blow the final whistle. But uh, we skin of our teeth, like I think it's there's always going to be a tiny bit of luck involved. And I'd say it was definitely, you'd, you'd bet your house on Rebecca Henley to put that ball over the bar like, the referee did put you out basically no. not too long afterwards and it's yeah. back to back and it's a good point to make there as well Ashley because there's this thing second season syndrome I probably say it myself at times on the shows mm-hmm. but you are probably challenged more no different say the mead ladies footballers probably will be this year now uh, yeah. because you had to prove um, some begrudgers or some unconvinced that you know you are a good team Mm-hmm. And by doing it to two years in a row, he had done that because at this stage now we're talking 16 steps or there or thereabouts anyway, because you've come back and won the three titles again, back to back, which is very rarely happens across any court. I just think we we just became a machine almost that just couldn't be stopped. Like, you know, I don't want to, come, don't get me wrong now, I don't want to compare us to like Dublin or any of them, but it was kind of like that, like the Limerick Curlers, you know, it's just, it was just the right girls at the right time, the right management. And I think what Frankie did the first year just came naturally to us the second, third and fourth year, you know, like obviously we didn't get there the third year, but which again, I think we, we did definitely lose out that year. Um, I think it should have been four in a row, but of course I'm going to think that I'm going to be biased, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just, it just, we were just unstoppable. Like I don't that know. was the challenge for you as well yeah. though. Because yeah. that day is Mullion, I know it hurt. And you even said in an interview about six months later, it was still hurting you. Oh, yeah. But as much as we talk about 2014, he rolled the sleeves up and got on with it again and probably put in your most impressive run in 2016 to get that tour yeah. title. Definitely. And, um, do you know, I always, as much as it hurts to say, like, that we could have we could have won that year. I mean, we mightn't have won the fourth if we didn't the fourth year I'm saying we mightn't have won the third title that year if we didn't lose in 2000 you know the year previous so like you have to losses are just as important if not more important than wins I mean you don't learn anything from winning like you learn from losing so 
and yeah, for yourself there, even to say that that was probably our best run, like maybe maybe losing was the best thing that ever happened to us. And maybe that's the reason why we won our third title and the fourth year. Yeah, two eight to one three against Kalimer that third year. And little did we think at the time that that was the end of that particular one. I suppose the club has been in transition since yeah. as well. And just trying to, like, are the signs there? There's a new wave coming through. And do you believe there's another county title in you, at least if not even more? Um, I will be honest, and we're struggling big time at the moment, even in terms of numbers. I'm not even sure what what um, what the future will hold for the adult team at the moment. Um, yeah, we're we're definitely in a tough place now. The underage structure is extremely good and it's strong, and there's good girls coming, but they're just too young yet. Like there's good 14s, 16s, and minors. That there's a great core group there that will come eventually, but. I think when you live in such a small area and in a village like Milford and the size of it, and I think when you're so successful at one level, sometimes you don't focus on underage or maybe lower levels as much. I think maybe that's something that we could have focused on on more. But again, these players, these teams come in waves. Like It's like anything else. It's like Cork at the moment. Like, do you know what I mean? We're str- we haven't won now since 2018, so... That's just how it goes. Like it's just new players come through, and hopefully they'll develop as just as good as as we did. Like, um, but I, I've no doubt we'll be we'll be there someday. Whether it's now or in five years' time, I think we'll be back eventually. I've no doubt as well, and we'll include a link to the previous um, podcast home of Milford because what a journey it was. But as you've mentioned, yeah. there Cork. We better do a bit of talking about Cork before we finish up as well. Yeah. And I two questions I was going to ask you to start. So okay. I'm going to ask them to you now. Question one, what's it like not working with potty? <laughs> oh, God. Well, like, I don't really want to comment just yet because I don't think it's fair. Like, do you know, it's obviously very fresh at the moment. It's different. That's the way I'll put it to you. Like, it's definitely different. It's a bit of a shock to the system. Like, um, do you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about like what's going on at the moment just because it is so fresh and I don't want to be stabbing at the wounds or anything like that. Like, obviously, the initial worry was like Potty's been there for so long. I think we were worried as to how, like, who would take over or what would happen with Cork. But, um, you know, I think we put our trust in people like to make sure that that something happened and that we could hopefully move on to succeed at some point um, by having a good structure. And I think that was chosen. It was selected very well. But I mean, it definitely, I won't lie, it was a scary, it was a scary moment like for us because, you know, it's it's a huge decision to make, like who to bring in next or what will follow, especially when he's been so successful. Like, and I think, I think last year and even a lot of the older players agreed it was probably one of our most enjoyable years ever. So there was massive boots to fill like, but I'm 100% enjoying it at the moment, but I, I won't, I won't go into detail or anything like that. I don't think it's fair, but um, no, yeah. And, he, and I won't, and sorry for cutting in you there, because I get the second question asked now, because it's just based on what you're saying, and I promise we'll move on then. What's yeah. it like working with Davey? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I knew, knew that was coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll keep it sharp and sweet, because again, I don't want to be, you know, I want to be respectful, like towards yeah. body, and I want to be respectful, or respectful, yeah, sorry, towards, um, towards Davey too, because I don't know if he wants me to say anything or, but it's, it's great. I mean, it's just, I think people are always going to have their opinions of, of, of strong personalities, including myself, but genuinely he's the most humble down to earth person. Like one of the most humble down to earth people I've come across like in recent times. And I believe that we're thoroughly enjoying the experience at the moment. And that's all I'll say. That's I, what I say. From knowing the man, I'd echo that as well. And I look forward to seeing how it goes in 2022. Let's go back to the start of Cork. Um, am I right in saying you were in the panel first actually playing for Cork? Were you involved in any underage teams before uh, any senior breakthrough? Yeah, so I played uh, from Cork Colleges the whole way up. So what was that first year in secondary school? So I played all throughout Cork Colleges, under, you know, the whole way minor. I uh, played junior intermediate senior the whole way up I went through yeah now I was I was I remember asked onto the senior panel when I was still in school but like it just it definitely or something wasn't it yeah yeah but you know it just wasn't it wasn't for me I wasn't ready and I wasn't developed enough for it like 
few years passed and then you got this next opportunity. We're turning yeah. the corner now, which colors we've already talked the Milford side of things and the opportunity came and next thing another big journey in your life is, is starting wearing the red. I know. Yeah, it just all happened so fast. Like, So yeah, it was when we won our first All-Ireland with Milford in 2013. Uh, it was the 12th season, but obviously it goes in March, so it was 13. But uh, yeah, so I always remembered saying, you see, like Milford is so far away from Cork City in general. And like sometimes when you're, especially when you're winning and we've been winning since we we're young, like the whole way up at Milford, we've been winning. So like you're always going to have that bit of tension amongst clubs and amongst county. Do you know what I mean? So um, it's it's a huge, it was a huge commitment to even think about at the time. And I kind of, I remember playing an intermediate and I didn't get on well with the management. And I always said, like, if I'm not going to be appreciated, like, or if I'm not good enough, I'll hold my hands up and say it. But I wasn't being treated fairly at the time. So do you know what? I said, they're lost. <laughs> it was probably oh, big headed of me to think at the time but I mean that's just the type of person I am like I want to be the best like and I, I will be humble enough to say look if I'm not good enough I will hold my hands up and I'll move on but you are you're always going to have that in GA where you just don't get on with people or coaches don't get on with a certain player or, do you know what I mean like you can be targeted at times now I probably didn't help myself either like I was a very headstrong young girl like I was a very headstrong teenager so I'm sure I made life difficult for people like um, and going through a bit of a rough patch myself at the time so Cork was never something that really crossed my mind like there wasn't a good relationship there like and that not in terms of the senior team I'm saying just Cork in general there just wasn't a good relationship there so I remember Paddy Murray or George Fitzgibbon had reached out and said like would you have any interest in playing for Cork this was after or when we were on on that year, like that 2012 season, and I kind of said no initially. And then I said it to Orla Manny, like she'd be one of my closest friends on the team. And she said, like, look, and she wouldn't have a, she wouldn't have had a very positive outlook on Cork either, just with the way some people were treated. But she said, look, you never know what you might get out of it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you never know what doors it might open. And she said, you know, I'd be the last person to say it. But she said, actually, it could be a massive opportunity for you. And a couple of the girls backed it. They said, look, you just never know, like, what you might get out of it. Um, so I said, sure, what else am I at? <laughs> and I got on to Paddy then. Now, I'd know, I'd know, I'd never met Paddy or anything like that before. Like, um, so I don't want to say it was nothing to do with that setup, like, at the time. But I said, Grant, I'll, I'll go for it and see what happens. Yeah, because I was going to ask as well, because obviously the one name that you would have had in, in the setup that you'd know well from playing the club was Anna Geary too. And I was wondering what what role or influence did she play in, in you coming into the setup as well? Because at least you knew she was there uh, as you tried to integrate with other people that you wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, well, like that, again, that's probably made my decision a lot easier too, because we had Maria Walsh as well from Belly Hay. She was kind of in... Um, she was involved as well at the time. So at least I had Anna and Marie Walsh, you know what I mean? So it kind of made that decision a lot easier. I think, you know, because again, you're going into a setup where you've a lot of serious athletes, like and a lot of strong personalities within that Karkamogi group. So it was definitely an intimidating factor, but one that I wasn't afraid to challenge. Like, but again, with um, Anna's influence, obviously being there and then she, you know, us winning club, she was captain. So it made life easier, like definitely. You mentioned Anna being captain. You won 2014 against Kilkenny. The first year, obviously, yeah. Kilkenny won the semi-final. Mm-hmm. Oh, it came down, club might have been whatever, but you got the honour. Tell me about being asked to become oh, yeah. the car captain in 2015. Again, I was only there in 2013 and, you know, like I would have never been a voice or a strong personality in terms of my performance. Yes, it was always there, like, but in terms of opening my mouth, I was actually, you know, quiet, went to training, went on about my business, went home. So like, oh, geez, I wasn't even sure whether I was going to take it or not, simply because I had the fear of like opening up my mouth, like, do you know, again, you, you've reached Cockery, Rena Buckley, Jim O'Connor, Jenny O'Leary, you've Joanna Callaghan, you've all these elite athletes. And I'm thinking like, oh, in God's name, am I supposed to, do you know? Actually, yeah. I think they were gone at the time. 
were they gone when I cast them? Some, I think they were. Yeah. Some, but, some still there in a way, maybe not all of them. There were some, but like, again, I'm thinking like, oh, I don't know, is this the best decision for the team or for myself? Is it too much pressure? Like, but then again, you're thinking this is car captaincy. Like mm. this might never again happen in your life. And who wouldn't take, you know, their left arm to be to captain an inter-county team. So yeah, I think with a second thought, I was like, you'd be a fool not to. It was yeah. unbelievable. Would it be fair to say the opportunity was the making of you Kamogi-wise because you just talked about all those big names that you'd come into the setup, whether mm. some were gone or not. And now suddenly you had to be, you have other voices there, yes. And we often hear, and Linda Collins would have said it last year too, about um, some of the names and, and characters in the current Cork lesson room. But yeah. even for yourself to be, you knew you had to stand up now and, and be heard along with them. And did that allow you to express yourself more in the Camogie field? Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was a big stepping stone in terms of like, really coming into my own in Cork and being comfortable and really actually starting to enjoy the experience, you know, because before I came along, it was a negative one. But again, unless you're actually involved in a setup and you actually get to know people like for who they are, eventually some of these girls became my best friends, like, which is something that I never thought would ever happen. Do you know what I mean? It's like anything else you look at and you have an opinion about somebody you never met. But when you actually sit down with them and talk to them, like, your opinion completely changes and that's that's kind of what the experience was like with me with Cork and yeah captaincy definitely gave me a bit of um bit of a boost like in terms of in terms of confidence of course but again just being being a leader and stand out on the team you know as you can understand, I'm not going through all four Cork All Ireland wins, but of course we had to zone in in 2015, and he lost the league final to a Galway team yeah. that were the form team all the year, and were coming in as raging hot favourites into that All Ireland final. And you were yeah. leading now Cork, uh, you were the defending All Ireland champion, so it's unusual to go in as underdogs when you're the defending champions. Absolutely, but he stepped up again, put the performance in on the day, the big match mm. performances from so many players. And Ashley Thompson, you get to walk up the steps of the whole can stand. Something I can imagine you never dreamt about. Yeah, no, she's definitely not. Well, you probably dreamt jersey, about it, but you probably never believed it happened. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, not at the time and not in the headspace I was in before I ever came to Cork. Like, absolutely not. I couldn't have, I couldn't have ever pictured it happen. Maybe when I was a young girl, but I mean, going through those teenage rage years, like you would never think that that would that would that would be your outcome like so yeah as you said it was a tough year like Galway I think are hammering us in that league final at one stage and we kind of only pulled it together to make ourselves look respectful in the end and then, five minutes, who knows? yeah exactly and then they um, beat us in the first round of the championship as well I'm sure Tell that more, same yeah. year they beat us twice but yeah it was we were just kind of building and I think again that loss was actually very significant because I think it just, I think we eventually, we just refused to lose. Like after that point, I think we just got so fed up. Like, and obviously 2014 was a very tough year for us too. But um, again, as I said, those losses are just as important as the wins. And eventually when we kind of got our groove in after that Galway game, and I think we got better as the year went on and I grew into myself more and more. Like, um, and I think I probably peaked later on in the season, like, you know, I think I peaked as the games went on and, and so collectively did the team and we grew so much closer together as a unit. Um, but yeah, sure, winning, winning in Croke Park, walking up the steps, lifting up the cup, it's just, you forget it. Like, it's just, it it goes so fast and like the memory is so faint because you're just so engulfed in emotion and at the time, that like, yeah, it's, it's, it's nearly a distant memory like at this stage, but it's always there. How much does 2016 hurt, I suppose? Because you nearly you nearly got the opportunity to do it twice. And I suppose yeah. you probably think about a little bit more the second year because the first year happened so quick that yeah. you get so close and get denied in the opportunity. It probably hurts that little bit more than never having done it at all. Yeah, absolutely. And it was the same experience with Milford. It's like when you're when you go from winning on the track, like that was two two years on the track with Cork and then two club wins as well in the space of two years, like that's four All-Irelands, like, do you know what I mean? So you think you're untouchable. You genuinely think you're untouchable and I think not with Milford, I think in particular that happened with Cork and we definitely, I will say, I'll admit personally, got ahead of myself, like 
amongst the CAC setup, I think when you when you're in the club setup, it's a totally different environment, so it doesn't compare. But I definitely lost the run of myself in terms of, you know, even at training though and stuff like it. Just nothing seemed right that year. The training wasn't going well. Even the lead up to that final, it just didn't feel right. Like even two weeks leading up to that final, nothing felt right. I don't think we were prepared as well as we could have been both from a management perspective and definitely from a player's perspective. I think we took a lot for granted that year. And a few of us, not all of us, I won't say that all the players were the same, but there was a few of us there that probably got too big for our own boots. And I think Kilkenny definitely um, definitely took advantage of that and there was no harm because I think that's probably again what led to the win in 17-18 you know it's the same with the club you need to be humbled at times and I think Kilkenny definitely humbled us that day we were lucky to even come away with getting beaten by I think it was 4-5 or five in the finish but, yeah. or was it I can't even remember I but have, it could I have been a lot more run me, you know. it could have been a lot more and in a final that's that's a baiting like you know in my eyes so you punished them well because you just mentioned 17, 18, one point ball games, memorable moments in the closing stages of those matches yeah. as well. So you did bounce back, um, got yourself that position, four Ireland titles, and again, probably hitting that stage where you just think it can't go wrong. And I mean, it was a bit like ourselves last year, you know, those close defeats. Like even last year, it felt a lot closer than, than three points. Like it felt like half a point almost. And Kilkenny most certainly felt the same. You know, in seventeen, eighteen, but again, like they've won, they've won one in recent times, and I've no doubt that it came from those losses. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, again, it's 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 hard to explain. Even being on both sides of it, whether you win or lose, but by a point, and especially whether it's a free or like a point in the last dying minute, like Julia White score, like it's do you know. And again, a lot of people say that you do make, and I think we do. We made our own luck, like. I think we always make our own luck and a lot of people like to say that it shouldn't be luck involved, but there is, there has to be some bit of an aspect to sport where there's a tiny bit of luck involved. But I think it comes from hard work, like, and I think it comes from, uh, it comes from hardship, like, and it comes from empathy and things like that. And, you know, you need to feel sad, like you need the losses because, you know, you can't have empathy if you don't ever feel sad, like, so... I think it was just, again, a, a turning point. 2016 was a turning point um, for us. And those days. Going into 17. And, and those those close moments, like, it's like, you know, it's, it's you just never know what way it's going to go. But, like, you'd want to be a fairly, you'd want to be a fairly phenomenal team that would come out with that little bit of edge, that little bit of inch, you know, each time. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, who's going to win or lose like in in that split second moment like it's definitely something that um I appreciate like the likes of Orla Cotter and Julia White and these players for because to have that level of confidence but in such a high pressure situation just shows that you know the level that they were at like yeah. and, like you can me- memories that will last a, li- a lifetime as well those close moments absolutely yeah um obviously for understandably you took a, a year out in 19 Mm-hmm. Coming back 20 before the pandemic, I mean, just messed everything up on us. What was it yeah. like to just get back playing Camogie again and just be able to move forward now and look, get back doing what you love again? I would say that, like, I think the timeout definitely stood to me. I think it was the best decision I ever made, like, just to take a step back. Like, I think a lot, you know, a lot went on, even in my Camogie career in general. Like, I've had a lot of ups and I've had a lot of downs and... You know, I think at that moment in time, like it was definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made because I think I would have brought a lot of negativity to the environment. Do you know what I mean? I think like when certain things like that, I don't think you can ever prepare for things, you know, to go wrong, wrong in life in general. But I think I would have been, I was obviously very closed off from the world and very, you know, untrusting like of certain situations and environments and of people in general, which I feel is understandable. But I don't think it would have been fair on the team to come back because I was in such a bad place, like, you know, mentally and mm. just just so negative, like, you know, and I think hindsight is a great thing. And I think that any player that, like, feels like, okay, just this is not the right thing for me to do at this moment in time, like, there's nothing wrong with taking a step back because it's probably the best thing you'll do in your career. Um, because I was so, even over that season, like, uh, I went and did, the new course and like you know just did little things to kind of 
make myself feel better and kind of grow as a person and just like a little bit of self-care and things like that like I think it's extremely important and again hindsight is a great thing and you do you do learn a lot about yourself I think in those clutch moments so um coming back into the 2020 season it was like completely different person do you know what I mean I felt so fresh and so open-minded and I really understood people for who they were you know like and I had a great understanding like of people and how they deal with certain situations and you know it's just yeah it's just just something I had to do at the time but it was the best decision I ever made well you say saying actually at the end of the day you had to do it for you as well too like you know yeah to like I had to do it for myself but I had to Ashley do it Thompson for again, I suppose. yeah like I had thought about coming back let's say towards the semi-final and I remember there was a few words now harsh words between me and a couple of players like and that's when I knew you know that's when I knew that this is definitely not the right thing to do because I'm only doing it for myself then and that's not right because you're taking it from other players on the team who spent you know a whole season training like for that one moment whether I thought somebody was wrong or not for their opinion like it just wouldn't be fair like so you know I was going to be selfish and take it for myself then I said no that's just not for me like that's not that's not right but you're back now and of course in the pandemic to a, a spanner in it, but at least we got back and we had a Christmas championship and of course Cork Dude. back in the All-Ireland final in 2021. I'm not going to ask you what you thought about the, the glowing tributes to the, the standard of the game, the final, because I know you don't like losing. Um, no, but I, uh, I suppose you take something that as, well, look, well, we're talking four years now is like an eternity mm-hmm. for Cork not to be winning an All-Ireland title. He proved an awful lot of doubters wrong again because already a lot of people were writing off Cork uh, yeah. at the start of the year saying oh, Kenny and Galway are going to be there and at least yeah. he punches there and with 10 minutes to go it was looking like you were going to get the job done yeah it did and yeah I mean do you know what though like when you say I know like I don't like to lose and things like that but it was probably the most satisfaction I've ever that's why I say it was the most enjoyable season it was the most satisfaction I've ever got out of a team playing with Cork like you have to consider like we had five deputants. Do you know what I mean? Like as in five of the girls, it was our first time ever lining out for Cork Moggy and an all in final in Crow Park senior. There's a lot of changes. Do you know what I mean? Like sure, there's years. been huge changes. We've lost massive players like, um, and that's it. Like it's just at some point there's going to be a turnover. Like it's like Galway Camogie. They've been struggling for an awful long time and now they're at the top, but it still took them a good few years to get back, you know? And I feel like we're going through that same transition at the moment, but I feel like we're probably ahead in terms of that transition. And like just some of the like some of the players, and particularly the younger players that have come through in Cork, like the, their level of commitment, their level of wanting to know more, like wanting to be better, like their absolute credit to their families, just in general. And even when I look at them and I think back, I'm like, that mentality only any 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 child, any any girl going for a coxine or quaggy or anything like that, intercounty team in general, like they have the most perfect attitude towards it. Like they're constantly wanting to learn, you know, and there's no there's no bit of cockiness about them or anything like that. And just how they grew in general, how we grew as a unit and as a team over last season, I think was extremely admirable, you know. And we came quietly like as you said, we were very close to winning in that final, but there was a lot of factors to play. Again, we had five girls, but you don't want to make that an excuse either. And I mean, when we got the goal, like a lot of people have the opinion that we never pushed on, which I do slightly agree with. But there was other factors in the game, like Galway got three frees on the trot after that two scoreable freeze. So like there's these little factors that people don't like to point out, but Again, I who am I to say that, you know, that was the, the difference. I do think Galway have an extremely experienced team and I think that definitely pays a massive tribute like to why they're all Ireland champions at the moment. Like they're so strong and they're physically strong, they're mentally strong. Um, especially when we went ahead went ahead, like their experience stood to them like um in leaps and bounds in that final. Um and I think they had an answer for everything, which is why they're so strong at the moment. But Again, it's like next year people will be talking about Cork and Galway, but realistically, are you going to write off Kilkenny? Like, no, I don't think so. And like, again, people probably doubt us and might say the same things we've said about Galway or Kilkenny or previous that were weak or this or that, but 
there's all those top three teams. You just can't you can't form an opinion because I mean, I, I, there's so much I, talent there. And the thing is, you just never stuff. know who's going to come out on top. You just even when Kilkenny won a couple of years ago, you would have never you would have never picked them that year. Yeah. You would have never picked them that year to win. It's just so unpredictable, which which is what makes it such a special, such a special experience, you know, especially amongst amongst those three teams. Is like you just never know what's going to happen. And, and it'll be the same again this year. While we wait for Tipperary possibly to come, Cork Kenny Galway, you just you, it's so margins of error, so small between yeah. them. You never know what and two I don't, three. Exactly, and I don't want to say that. Oh, we're the top three. Like I'm just speaking. You know, but you have to base on, resu- on, on results. Cork exactly. Can be in the top but three. The Tipperary are closing the gap, but they're not past four yet. No, but I mean, how how close they brought Galway last year? That that has to send to them. Do you know what I mean? It has to have some form of belief in that team. And I mean, I think with the right people involved, like anyone can win. In my opinion, I do feel like you need to have the talent, but we all come from somewhere. Like we all start at the bottom. Do you know what I mean? I think it's how you're trained and the environment that you're in and you know again I think like as I talk about the young ones and just their attitude their attitude in general is is why we were so successful last year because they just want to win they want to learn they want more and it was like coming away from that final last year all we wanted was more which is something I've never really you know especially in terms of losses all you want to do is you're allergic like you just want to walk away and forget it but I think we were nearly ready to start this season like when we lost that final because it was just, you know, extremely promising. Sets up nicely in Cork are definitely going to be in the conversation come, I was going to say August, September, but come July, August. We hope so, but <laughs> we're working on it. Actually, <laughs> yeah. we've completely run out of time there and so much more we could talk about as well. Mm. Uh, two quick ones I want to talk, ask you about before we go to our final segment. I think you're my first guest ever here on the Fair Green that has had um, a character of street art on an electrical yeah. box. Oh yeah. Have you seen <laughs> I that was one? Like, what? <laughs> oh that's yeah, I remember all right before like people were in college and stuff, because it's fairly close to like um college roads, so like I'd get the odd selfie like, you know, with the electrical box. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, yeah. That's brilliant one. And second one, motor racing career. I believe you've dabbled in it once or twice. <laughs> yeah. I dabble in it every day out in the road. <laughs> I know um, I did yeah I always loved cars like when I was younger growing up and yeah that was that was unbelievable but uh, I wouldn't have the fun that wouldn't be a feasible option now for me for Formula 1 now would be the go-to but it's an expensive sport like um, but yeah I've dabbled in I've dabbled in everything like everything the whole way up um, but driving driving is another another great passion of mine Maybe yeah. five, 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 ten years time when we have that conversation again. Yeah. Look at uh, Ashley Thompson, Thompson's Formula Ford career, and who knows oh, Formula down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashley, it's been an absolute pleasure to sit down and have a chat with you this evening. And Thanks. as I said, we could we could go another half an hour, or an hour, and still mm-hmm. continue. Unfortunately, time has got the better of us now. Of course, we're not done with you yet. Yeah, one bit of business to do in that is fantastic for in a moment Ashley is going to pick the best two players she's played with now it could be club, county, college any criteria you decide yourself Ashley, and the best two players you played against so no doubt you've been working out friendships you're going to make and break now over the next five minutes but when you're ready the best player you've played with and why the best player I've played with and why okay so there are a number of factors that come with this right so like, obviously, I've played with a lot of players down through the years, but I wanted to go with this person. <laughs> I feel like I'm announcing, I don't know, I'm on Black Bachelorette or something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, I think it's like I picked Laura Tracy because uh, specifically for this reason, obviously, we've been playing together since the beginning. So we've, we came in at the same, she actually came in the year before me, but we came in at the same time and we're still here at the same time. And like, again, you've, you've Rena Buckley, you've Breed Carkery, there's Orla Cotter, there's so many players, like you, the list goes on. But I just think in terms of, I like to put it in terms of preparation, application, consistency, just her whole attitude towards the sport, like is something any person manager coach would want in a player so for that reason 
just her whole attitude and her level of commitment and how hard she works in training and her consistency as a player. And I feel like she definitely doesn't get the credit that she deserves. But I think that's what makes players like that is the ones that don't run after credit like or don't need it. You know, I always say it to her is you never get the credit you deserve, but you don't need it because that's why you are as good as you are. Um, in my eyes, I train with her every day. I've seen her every season. So like it's it's probably other people might have certain opinions, but you don't see what I see in training. So for me, Laura Tracy is the best player I've ever played with. I'd agree with you. She probably doesn't get the credit she deserves. It's getting there though. No. Way, even the way she seamlessly settled into the number six jersey this year, which got to come from three to six as well, goes yeah. to show exactly uh, what she can do for the team yeah. as well. And the rock solid in that spine. Laura Tracy from Cork is the first pick. The second player you played with and why? So the second player I went with was Orla Cotter. Um, and I went with Orla Cotter because, again, it's more fresh in the memory. But, and do you know what? It was a hard toss-up now between herself, probably Rena Buckley. There's, again, there's so many names, but it's just the application to training like she'd never have an excuse like she was somebody that you could look up to and like I want to kind of be like that I want to train like that I want to have an attitude like that you know and just like her consistency and the way she can put the ball over the bar in the six minutes of extra time in an All-Ireland final like that's not something you come across every day of the week Um, again so for that just a player as a whole it's, it's not down to talent and it's saying, well, Laura, it's not down to talent, you know, just it's it's the individual themselves and how they apply themselves to the sport is exactly why I picked the two of them. Yeah, leadership as well. Norla Cotter's a previous Sorry, guest. Sorry, yeah. Or... Leader, they have everything, though. Like, mm. they have everything you want. If you, you know, if you wrote down a list of what you want in a player, like, they have everything. And, and, and two great ambassadors, too. And I just say Norla Cotter, a previous guest on the show here as well. Mm-hmm. so we've Lord Tracy from Cork and Orla Cotter from Cork Ashley it's time now for the players that you played against best <laughs> player you played against and why again this no this was very hard because there's so like I was trying to think is it like personally who I played against that midfielder who I saw or who I've come across but I, obviously I'd go with the likes of Kilkenny Galway because again I've probably met them more times than anyone else like in the championship but I would like to mention that like there are certain players from other counties like Tip and Clare I think in terms of talent I think you could look at Chloe Morey Mary Ryan from Tip the likes of Rebecca Henley from Galway I just think like even Neve Mulcahy from Limerick in terms of talent like you know it's endless and I've seen them at moments in their career years ago where I was just in awe like I think you know so in terms of that like it's it's so hard to choose. And then with Kilkenny, you could, I used to admire them so much, especially when they came out, you know, in 2016 and all that. Like, they're a team that I've admired for a very long time. And they're just collectively brilliant. Like, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of players like Michelle Quilty, even Megan Farrell, Shelley Farrell, a lot of these girls that have come and gone. And they're the best I've seen. Like, and then you've Wexford, where I was first in my career, and you've the Laces and you've Ursula Jacob and all these. Like, how do you decide? You know. Um, but I think when you're going on consistency, I think Aoife O'Donoghue was one. And I've picked Aoife, not because she's hot at the moment, as in in terms of like, you know, she's the talk of the place, but it's not. It's not in terms of that. I picked a hot topic like, I picked her because I think when Galway were at their worst, Eva Dunahoo is always a player that has stood out for Galway. And like I haven't marked her, do you know, it's, she's not a player that I've personally like marked much or anything like that. But I just think she was always a standout player for Galway, whether they were losing or whether they were winning. And she's kind of a player that, you know, a lot of people, 90% of players will kind of throw the towel in at times, but she's never a player that will throw the towel in. Like you just can't trust her. Do you know what I mean? There's always, like, she'll keep going to the very end. So, like, I think for that, for that alone, like, I think um, Aoife Donahue's won and my second, again, that was, that was very tough. I think it's hard to look past Denise Gall with Kilkenny at the moment. Again, for her consistency application, if I was to pick a player, like, from Kilkenny who I would take, like, I would probably take Denise Gall because she's so reliable and she reminds me of Orla Cotter a lot. Like, 
she's a brilliant free taker, you know, she's a bit of an all-rounder, like. Yeah, so I probably would go with those two just because they are more recent. I think one of my biggest opponents probably was in the middle of, I think it's hard to look past the likes of Megan Farrell. I think she's a serious player for Kilkenny, always has been, and for her club. So consistent, but just in recent times and, you know, consistency is key. And I think Denise Gall and Aoife Dunham probably get the heads up in that one. And that's the thing as well. Like if you're sitting down to play any of them in the morning, they're the first names on the respective sides. You keep your, like suppose your management team or even the, the playing squad are kind of saying, right, yeah, and I don't, we need to I make sure this person is as influential. The trend is, but let's be realistic. We have to be honest about it. Like they're two serious mm-hmm. players. And I think if anything, if you can be great consistently, whether you're winning or losing, like that's, that's what makes a great player. And, you know, I think they've proven that time and time again. So. Four, four great players in your fantastic four and there's so many more that you've mentioned as well that could easily have been on that as well. Ashley, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you here and wish you the very, very best of luck in 2022. No doubt we'll be talking somewhere down the line. We'll run through your fantastic four one last time. Laura Tracy from Cork, Orla Cotter from Cork, Eva Donoghue from Galway and Denise Gough from Kilkenny. I'm Darren Kelly. This was the Fair Green. I'd like to thank my very special guest one last time, Ashley Thompson from Cork. Thank you.